Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It's good to uh, see you. Thank you, Farrell, for uh, leading us in prayer this morning. Uh, we're going to continue on on our word study series, uh, The Prism of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, with the word resurrection. And resurrection, now listen, we're, you know, this word is power. I mean, this, this is, this is the, the one you can just hang your hat on. And, uh, and so I'm going to pray because I absolutely do not have anything to tell you, but I believe that the Holy Spirit does. And so I want to make sure that uh, we give space for the Holy Spirit to be at work freely. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. And uh, Lord, I am excited about what it is that you showed me in your word concerning the word resurrection. Father, I pray that uh, you would just uh, move me away, set me aside, and that you would just speak freely uh, to your people, that you would be drawing them in closer to you to get to know you better, uh, to un excuse me, understand you more, to be encouraged by you, um, by just simply this, this one word. And so, Father, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so you know how normally what we do is I will kind of show you uh, all the words that are involved. Well, there are 40 <laughs> uh, uh, times that this is in scripture. And so, oh yeah, let me explain this photo. So one of our kids here at MBT is getting baptized. And this is the picture that they describe in order to, or drew in order to describe what's happening with their baptism. And I love, particularly in terms of the resurrection, look at the joy on Jesus' face coming out and the arrows. It's incredible. And praise God for, for Kid Town. And praise God that even a child can understand the joy of being saved and, and Jesus' resurrection and baptism, right? Even a child can understand that. And so just as much as Jesus is smiling, our countenance also should reflect that same joy that we have just because what has taken place. And so I wanted to share that with you. I thought it was so sweet. Um, I think <laughs> I was joking with Serene. Jesus was naked and looked like a starfish before. So I think that she put some, some pants on the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here is what we have covered thus far. Reconciliation, propitiation, redemption, remission, justification. And then, to, like I said, today we'll be in resurrection. If you want to hear that, if you haven't been a part of our series, uh, that is online and you can go back and listen to those things. But I want to start you off so you can start taking your pictures here. Um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of verses. And the one thing that I, that I want to just start off with is a key, actually, that I want you to write down as you're taking this, and we'll get to that slide that I have the key on it so I can give you time to both write and take a picture here. But here's our, our first key point that we're going to look at. Comprehension of Jesus' resurrection is an act of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the, the one thing that I want you to see is if 10 of the verses out of the 40 are accounting one particular account between Jesus and the Sadducees. 
where they're asking about a woman that is a widow seven times over and in eternity and like who would her husband be and so then the lord you know basically lays out for us and helps us to understand that marriage as we understand it won't be in eternity because well you're married to the lamb so you don't need your husband or wife now the thing i it does in all honesty it makes me just grieve a little because i'm like oh serene is great hopefully we get like a, a i don't know a little a little place together or something like we can be fist bumping and still working together because the lord absolutely has used our our relationship and marriage as something that you know, he would probably on some level keep going, but we do get some clarity there. We'll kind of look at that. And so, as you can see here, here's our key point. The other thing I want you to understand is this. Say what the word says about resurrection, okay? There's a reference back to that the Lord is going to say here, and his disappointment with the Sadducees is that they know the law. So the difference between them and Pharisees is Pharisees believe in the resurrection, Sadducees don't. They don't believe in immortality. Uh, they don't believe in predestination. There are a lot of doctrines that they, they don't follow. So what they follow is the law, and they'd like that to govern, they, which means they kind of like a, a moral space, right? But not the heart of it. And so they got admonished by the Lord here. And again, we will look at that. But as you're talking to people, in terms of your frustration that can sometimes come up when you're sharing the gospel, you listen, there are times in conversations that you can stop listening for a moment and just start praying. And you want to pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way in those times when you are delivering the gospel message, especially to individuals that have, have no concept of what you're talking about. See, the one thing that you have to understand that is being laid out for us really is resurrection is in the form of zombie culture. If you think about all of the films that exist and TV shows, like that's what the lost person's viewpoint of resurrection looks like. Why would I want to be a part of that? What's good about that? Right. And then the other thing that that kind of breeds itself to is there clearly that's a godless society. It's hopeless. So now we can start adding in our other films that may sometimes try to do that same thing where, you know, there's this uh, dystopian future. See, the thing about resurrection is it is a hopeful thing. But there's no hope with zombies. There's no hope with this dystopian future. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14 says this, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See, this is why Man, just saying a script isn't going to work. You've got to be prayed up. You want the Lord to open that door of utterance. You want the Lord to present that opportunity and then just walk through it. The Lord's taking that opportunity. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. 
and we'll get one of those accounts. There's one in Matthew, there's one in Luke. In Mark 12, we'll start in verse 18. <clears throat> it says, then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master of Moses wrote unto us, if a man's brother die and leave his wife behind and leave no children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife and dying left no seed. And the second took her and died, left he any seed, and the third likewise. And the seven had her and left no seed. Last, last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err because you know not the scriptures? Neither, don't miss this, the power of God. For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor, nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead, they rise. Have you not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly err. See, the thing is, is those, uh, those individuals forgot something to really understand what it is that maybe they say that they'd like society to live by and actually read it and apply it for themselves. And it's an important way that we kick off resurrection. These are all the, the earliest accounts of it. Starts in Matthew, then goes to Mark and Luke. And that we get a big picture here just of those of those 10 and just that understanding, man, this is something that needs to be taught well. We shouldn't just allow society to come to their own conclusions or just to kind of land on places wherever they think that resurrection may fit, but that we would be the ones that know it and live according by it, right, and are hopeful by it, that we are the ones showing them, okay, this is what the Word of God says about that. Because listen, if that doesn't happen, we're all cooked. Then that very future that most of their films and TV shows portray would be true. But it's not true for us. And so there's something that I want you to understand. Be aware. The resurrection of Jesus is a show of God's power. Write it down. I see. I hear pens clicking. <laughs> I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> that you're right. The resurrection of Jesus is a show of God's power. Philippians 3, 10 and 11 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Why? If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. See, listen, there is a knowing that must take place. In order for us to actually be these evangelists that we're setting our heart to in faith fellowship, in actuality, we're not, none of us are going to say anything if we don't truly know the Lord for ourselves. I mean, it has to be that the point that essentially 
you know, you understand he is your hope. He is your stay. You are grateful for what it is that has transpired through the resurrection. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you this morning, like, where do you stand on that? Do you really know it? Do you knowledge know it or do you wisdom know it? Because that would be the application of the knowledge. See, I think we get a chance really every day to kind of face him and get to know him a little bit more. If I want God to use me, then I must get to know him. And so, I, you know, man, I, I see what's happening in Faith Fellowship and throughout our church. God is using people left and right. And, and man, you know, uh, it's good. Praise the Lord. But let me just tell you, if you're just doing it, you know, just because your friends are doing it, or it's kind of like, you know, we asked you enough times and you, we just, you know, just beat you over the head with it. And then now you're like, yes, I'm going to do it. Finally, stop asking me, you know, kind of thing. That's not going to last. See, the resurrection for Jesus, one time, that last. And the power of that lasts absolutely. And the knowing of that and being grateful for it and, and being hopeful, man, and just, set on fire in your heart by it, that lasts. That can last a lifetime. It should last a lifetime. See, I want to do the things that are in his word, and I want to make sure that I know him by his word. So now that just talks about just the time that you spend in the morning and when you get together with him. What's that like? You know, if you're reading through the word um, just chronologically and man, that's great. Praise the Lord. But you should probably take some notes of something and just ask the Lord, man, show me what it is that you want for me today. Right. Surely he will answer. See, the other thing is this. I don't want to ever just say a script. I can use that as a launch pad. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with tracks. I know people that have gotten saved by them. Man, that's great. But here's the deal. I want to make sure that if I'm talking about, if I'm sharing the gospel with somebody, I want to teach it with conviction. The conviction of knowing his power for myself in Acts 4, 33, it says, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And look at the result. And great grace was upon them all. Great conviction. Again, we want to get out of the habit of this concept like it's just a dutiful act. It has to be something that, man, I, you know, just as easy as it was for me to speak of Serene and my love for her, it should be the same, more so for the Lord. That's what I'm saying. It's like it gives us an opportunity to just look within. You know, the thing that I've been driving almost every week that I say it is just this gratitude, this gratitude. Because when you're grateful, it just, it propels you forward in the right way. It keeps you from having those, those times and those opportunities where now you'll just turn and say, Lord, what, what have you done for me lately? Man, because listen, we're going to be allowed into difficult seasons from time to time. And when you're going through that, you may not be able to fully just register that God is keeping you alive gives you breath, right? Make sure that things are happening. You can kind of be dismayed by that. 
man, listen, don't let society, the subtlety of society to give you that hopeless hopelessness and let it just infiltrate you as if the Lord hasn't paid any attention to you. See, the thing that's very cool about when the Lord hearkened back to what it was that he said to Moses, do you understand if you go back and read that, the thing that God said that was really critical is that he had been watching from on high what was taking place in Egypt, and now he had come to do something about it. And that's hope. So the Lord sees you in your current state, in your situation, whatever it is that you're dealing with and you're going through and how your kids are acting or your spouse is acting or work is treating you or whatever it is, the Lord sees that and he's come to your rescue. He first came to your rescue at Calvary. He came to your rescue again at the tomb. Now he's giving you his word. The Holy Spirit is people. You could not be any more rescued. And I just wonder, do you remember that in a moment when the Lord, when the, when the enemy, excuse me, is trying to press on you that something is different? See, the enemy very much likes to counterfeit what it is that the Lord is doing. And understand that these trials and things that we face in this class and throughout this church, but in this class in particular, and just the things that you guys know that we're here, things that we're praying about and just trusting God for. Man, listen, I, I can't just draw power and strength from nowhere. And the Bible's not asking me to. I have a place in which to draw that from. So our next key point is this. Never underestimate the power of preaching and teaching. See, the one thing that, you know, I'm most encouraged by is I feel like as a class, the, the heart and pulse, we're linking together. Man, we're getting it down. We understand as a class that we want to be shepherds and evangelists, and you guys are doing the things that are starting that process. And, you know, maybe you signed up for to, to be a member of the church. Maybe it is that you signed up for COD or discipleship or LFBI. Maybe it is that you signed up in class just to help out and you want to be a part. You know, many of you have spoken to me and said, Dell, I, I want in, or man, I, I want to be involved. Use me, sign me up for whatever. And so, man, I praise the Lord for that, right? But now we need to take it a step further. It's got to turn into, remember, like we talked about last week, there's an expectation that the Lord has on your life as a result of what he's done for you. And that expectation is that you would be a preacher and teacher of his word, right? Now, don't think in the sense of like, you got to be up here. That's not necessarily true. But just as much as I'm in my neighborhood or I'm at work or whatever, I'm God's key man in that situation. What am I going to do? God has called you by your belief in Jesus to preach and teach his story. If you didn't know that, that's not just for somebody else or the person sitting next to you. That's for you to do. This is why we are praying for the fruit that we have and we keep bringing up these names. And I pray that this time of fasting is a time that you basically made a hit list of names of individuals that you're thinking about that you know need the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're asking the Lord to give you an opportunity with that individual. And maybe the Lord is crafting that, you know, kind of like was mentioned about a dinner or whatever. Just be wise about how to do that. Coffee, 
Invite people over, spend time with them, play dates. Man, exploit your kids and puppies for the name of Jesus, <laughs> right? Because the Lord will use that stuff, man. Like, I mean, that's, and then, you know, sometimes if your kids are in Kid Town, boy, we have a lot of little evangelists over there. I remember one time in particular, my niece, actually Rashad's daughter, um, and Tegan was in the back seat. We were taking them to a Paul Mesner puppet show. And the next thing I know, I hear uh, Tegan asking about the gospel. I'm like, wow, let me, I, we're here, but I'm going to drive around the corner a little bit, <laughs> you know, and just. You want to teach others with great conviction. Do you know this power truly for yourself? First Corinthians 15, 12 through 14 says this. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the, de of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, don't miss this, then is our preaching vain and your faith also vain. That's the implication of this. The sheer power of the resurrection is, if it did not happen, then we are wasting our time. We should be getting brunch right now at, at the, one of the many great places in Kansas City. But we're not getting brunch. Actually, some of us are fasting probably breakfast. Praise the Lord. Why is that? Why is that? See, the thing is, man, God has made you for his purpose and crafted and formed you for his purpose and wants to see you have fruit and bear fruit. And the thing about resurrection that we got to talk about kind of in this next section is you're going to see that you, there's an answer that you have to give for what it is that you've done with the time you've been given. And, that, and we can put it off. And it's like, well, that's in the future. I'll worry about the future when the future comes. No, 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 no. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do it now, okay? Let's be ready now. Let's work now so that when he does come, man, we're, Lord, this, this is what I did. And so this next session here, write this in your Bible. Now, this, wouldn't, this is not exhaustive, and this is kind of just so it includes the word resurrection, you know, if we looked at raised, oh, I mean, I don't know, there's probably a thousand entries for that, <laughs> you know, but this is just in the section of resurrections. Know your resurrections that you will see when you go back and study this for yourself. Now, again, remember, this is the thing that we want to do with these word studies is that really it's just a launch pad for you to study on your own. So now I would say this, write these down. You have obviously resurrections of Jesus. Your resurrection, resurrections of Jesus. Resurrections of the dead. So again, when you go back and study this, you're going to see that when you're looking these words up. Now, of the dead, right underneath that, both physically and spiritually.
And then resurrection of life. And resurrection of damnation. Okay, so now let's get into this. So of Jesus in Romans 6, 45, and obviously, I, again, I could have, you know, there could have been more scripture references, but for the sake of time, I want you to have a little bit of homework there so you can look at it for yourself. It says this in verse four of Romans chapter six, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay? Know your resurrections. The next one, of the dead, physically. Matthew 27, 51 through 53. Matthew 27, 51 through 53 says, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and he came out after, excuse me, of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. That kind of just struck me as funny a little bit, because I was thinking to myself, <laughs> you know, you sit in there with your porridge or whatever Israelites eat, and, uh, your dead loved one walks through the door. That's not going to necessarily probably be like, oh, man, where are you? Hey, <laughs> you know, you might that bowl of whatever you just had is on the ground or maybe in the sky or whatever. you know. <laughs> and so but the Jews require a sign. And the Lord did that on purpose in order for the intent that it would be that, listen, you've seen a loved one. And I bet you I bet you it doesn't say it. Now, this is just me. This is my ad. I bet you religious rulers, some of their kinfolk came back. Why? Because he is trying to nationally wake them up. So this would have been very important. But just understand something. The intent was to raise the Lord. And just by the sheer power of where he is in the ground, it has an effect on the cemetery. That's power. That's power, man. Spiritually, First Peter 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Man, I love this. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to re be revealed in the last time. Y'all, that's not a dystopian future. One, I have a new residence that's waiting for me, being prepared. This ain't like, you know, when you get an apartment and uh, they're going to clean up the place and you get in, you're like, you didn't clean nothing. <laughs> you know, you got to invite your mama over, like, mom, help me get this place together. <laughs> it's not like that. No, that place will be fit and ready. I mean, you kind of be like, man, what is this? <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't even fathom what I'm looking at, right? 
man, to an inheritance incorruptible, y'all, and undefiled, and that fadeth not away. That is in the face of whatever it is that you are dealing with right now. Does that bring you hope? Does that excite you? Does, is this something that you can, you can say, man, thank you, Lord, that you're doing that? Because right now, man, listen, whatever you have right now, you might be losing something in the process of that. And the Lord is saying, the things I have for you, it faded not away. Reserved. It's got your name on it. Don't you feel special? Monogram, I love monogram, and monogram is the best. Like, you have a shirt this month. Like, you need to know, hey, I know who I am, but you don't know who I am. These are my initials. <laughs> you know? Like, the Lord's got some monogramming somewhere for you. Your bed sheets. Oh, man, with the diamond? Yes. And the good fonts? Yes. <laughs> That's, man, I can't wait. I'm fancy like that, so I'm, a, I'm a, like, Lord, you know how I roll. <laughs> He's like, Son, I got you. You got monogram. Gold leap, too. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I'll be excited for my spot. I won't be coming out visiting y'all. I'll be like too busy looking around, like, man, what is that? Oh, yes, it's got my name on it. <laughs> no, man, seriously, though. I'm excited. Because listen, you know, if 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 I'm waiting for just work to give me my hope, boy, we in trouble. <laughs> you know or just paying off a car. Man, that's that's good. But you know, often it breaks down after you do that, right? <laughs> you know, something happens to it. Man, not here. Not, not in heaven for you. Then it says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Man, praise the Lord. Now, of life and of damnation, in the same verse, you're going to have to do a little bit more work here. And obviously, just so I won't get in, get in the weeds there, I didn't want to uh, really dive hard in that. But you have to understand there are two resurrections mentioned just in this uh, passage here. And that's in John 5, 24 through 27. And actually, I am going to read just a little bit uh, more of it. John 5. we got a little bit of time. I can read this fast enough. All right, follow with me. John 5, verse, let's start in 18. It says this, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. That's important, okay? Hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Why? That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father, which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and don't miss this, y'all, and believeth on him that sent me, 
have everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Man, this is great. Okay. Sound all good here. 25. Very, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming. Uh-oh. And now is. Listen, pay attention right here. If you got a little pen, you should underline this in your Bible. And now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Okay? So we have both the dead and the living right here. Okay? For as the Father hath life in himself, so he hath given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him, don't miss it, again, underline it, authority to execute judgment also. Why? Because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of myself do nothing as I hear. I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. And so of life, you want, to, you want to write there, in addition, that judgment seat of Christ, that would be for the saved. So that resurrection we're talking about there, and then of damnation will be the great white throne judgment of the loss. So now this is a sad thing, right? I mean, you would think as believers, those of us that are believers in Christ, we understand that um, this earth gives you a taste of hell, just what the challenges that it faces and all the trials, and then yet there is more hell to come. This is the thing that should break our hearts. This is the thing that we should be wanting to teach with conviction, that there has been a resurrection, and that the Lord has essentially undone the contract of death and sin, and that they could simply have what it is that the Lord is now offering. This is why we don't want to be just doing these things dutifully. We have to understand and be grateful for that position in our own lives so that we can now share that with somebody else. Listen, I, 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 you know, I don't know what else to say here. The word is the word. And it's good enough and it doesn't need my help. I could whisper it and it would still be powerful. But I'm telling you, listen, if you haven't put your trust in the name of Jesus Christ and believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you are not saved this morning. The Bible says that that is what you need to believe. And you have to believe it in your heart. And just saying the words is not going to work. You have to believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God that he lived this perfect, sinless life, that that trial was phony as all get out. And they murdered him, and he did it gladly because he understood what his shed blood would do. Now your sins can be covered. We've talked about remission. We've talked about being justified. Now you have an opportunity at a new life when before you have a death sentence, spending eternity away from the Lord. No longer. Does that have to be true? But it will be if you don't decide Jesus Christ. 
And so I'm begging you, if any man or woman in this place does not know the Lord Jesus for themselves, then please, today is the day of salvation. Now, we could have a conversation about this because I don't want to see anybody I know at the great right throne, and I know that I will. Makes me tremble at the, the idea that there are some fantastic loved ones, friends I've worked with over the years, family members that seemingly want nothing to do. And so all I can do is pray. And that is, listen, I said that wrong. What I can do is pray, not all I can do, because that always lowers what prayer is. That listen, if if as a son, I go on behalf to the father for somebody, you don't think dad is going to listen to me? Man, have that hit list during this time of prayer and fasting. And just see what God will do. And so, last key point. Know this. Know this, believer. For those of you that have put your trust in Jesus Christ and, and the devil is sifting you and trying to draw you away trying to destroy you, trying to destroy your family, trying to take, you know, your, your spouse, your job, changing now, you know, they want you to be there 12 hours a day, seven days a week, all of these things. Believer, know this. The greatest thing that God ever did for you was resurrect his son. The greatest thing that God ever did for you was resurrect his son. And it is on that truth, you can hang all those other issues. Those things cannot destroy you once God's got his hands around you. And do you believe that? Do you look in the face of your problems and say, you know what? God's got me. Even if it's with tears, even if you're just mumbling it, man, God knows. And Jesus on behalf, he knows your heart. And he's like, don't worry, baby. I will tell him what it is that you mean to say. Man, you have an advocate. First Corinthians 5, oh, excuse me, excuse me. First Corinthians 15, 20 through 22. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. And here it is, man. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. How is it that the Lord can just undo all of that and just done? I love how that it's a, it's a short verse. And if we just focus on Christ part of it, Christ uh, in Christ shall all be made alive. Period. We don't even have to say anything else. And so I'm, I'm done because I don't need to say anything else. You have your instructions. Search your heart. Look inside. Man, are you grateful for that resurrection? Is it the power of God in your life? Because listen, it's the power of God, whether it's in your life or not. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you um, just for today. And Lord, I do just, I love these people. And Father, I, I pray 
that each of them would just look inside and just really just come to grips with where they stand with you in the face of whatever it is that may be troubling them. That, Lord, we could just sigh relief just knowing that God's got me. And you are taking care of things. Father, I'm thankful for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do. And Lord, for those that may be lost in this place, Lord, that they would consider their own sin and see that they are separated from you. And that, Lord, that they will put their trust in the name of Jesus Christ today. Lord, save souls in this place. Lead and guide your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.